Hey. hey, congratulations. I just uh, heard from Emily. You guys finally bought some land. Yes, it's going to be great. Um, it's a little bit unique. It's going to be in the middle of a lake. Uh, and um, I'm a little concerned, though, about the name. But I've been asking a lot of questions and honestly, not really too concerned but it's still a pretty weird name i mean like there's like really crazy stuff here in maine like massacre lane massacre pond like what could be weirder than that yeah this place is called stabbed in the face island what yeah so i was asking around and you know these these kinds of things just get you know brought up by locals as some kind of urban legend wait wait is that actually what it's called like that's on the map yeah it says stabbed in the face island it's in the middle of a lake called um ripped into <laughs> lake jackson um how much did you pay for this thing oh very little it was really it was a steal like 30 bucks for this island and it's like five acres i'm starting to think that there might be a reason why it was that cheap I mean, the realtor says there's only been like 17 stabbings on this island, Which all is in the face. You know, um, I... Something about pirate ghosts didn't know, seem like a thing. I, as your friend, I definitely think you and Emily should get your wills squared away before you move out there. I've already been uh, looking at um, legal Zoom for that. I'm feeling it. Let's do it. Moose crossings, red hot dogs, missing persons in salty bugs, up to camp with Stephen King, river curses, Wesley sings, homegrown horror. Hello. Hello. Do we need to test? No, I already did it. Oh shit! And welcome to homegrown Spooky podcast about main spooky things, true crime, horror. Uh, today we got ghost stories. Ghost stories. Ghost stories. Ooh, and a little bit of okay. So here it's 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 ghost stories, but also Professor B is back. Professor B is back. Oh boy, I am B. You're back from sabbatical. Yes, I am Professor B, a co-host. I am uh, I'm me. I'm Jackson, a co-host. <laughs> 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 I was like, should I be something? No. I am custodial Jackson. Oh, you're the custodian? <laughs> I'm the custodian here in this uh, illustrious academic building. Which is this also... temple of learning. That's what's really funny is because you actually have more education than I do. <laughs> Somehow I've become a professor. I also have more like academic work experience <laughs> in general. So I'm yeah, just anyway. <laughs> here to fuck shit up. <laughs> you're a contrarian. You you're in there, you're you're messing with the system. Your thesis was all about uh I don't know, how to how to lie to people, how to how to write the how to do the perfect murder. Actually though, you know, I always find a way, like with all of the things that I did in academia, I always found a way to be contrarian a nerd about it no. oh <laughs> so you're annoying yes um but like a great example is you know i'm a big old nerd yeah so i took a i took a dress and self-image class because it was taught by the woman who was teaching me costumes yeah and i was like yes absolutely so my final paper was on the japanese lolita street fashion mm-hmm but also, so I got to be a big old nerd about it. But also, we had to like proofread other people's papers. If you've been in academia, you know, like sometimes a good way is like peer review, right? Right. R.I.P. the girl who got me as their peer review partner because she did hers on corsets. Oh, and here's shit. The thing. If there oh, is no. one other thing that I am a big old nerd about when it oh, comes to no. clothing, if it's not like street fashion... It's corsets. You've owned many corsets over I your have, lifetime. And I've also used them in shows. You still have corsets, right? I do. I own three. Yeah. Do they fit? Probably not. Um, But, so, yeah. And she was playing into this whole, like, thing where it's like, corsets are dangerous. Okay, so she was... And I'm like, it's the same as wearing a bra. I think... <laughs> It's literally just a bra. That's that's rough. I think that uh Oh, I think you I had to I felt 
put bad. Your, put your you should have put your 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 uh, your mindset into the professor mindset because think about think about all the garbage that a professor probably oh. looks at you know and is like they're experts in their field you know so they know what's up so if they just see some shit sliding onto their table and it's like they're going with this popular opinion but it's wrong and they don't understand how wrong they are i think there's a there's some interesting stuff there. I think what matters in that instance is like, okay, what's your sources? Where is this coming from? You're right. Which, you know? I, yeah, I mean, when we were peer, like it was a peer review, like in class, it's like we weren't taking it home and reviewing their sources and things. Yeah. But you're right. If I were, a pro- but that's the thing. If I were a professor, I would probably review their sources and be like, get better sources. There are some. It's well written, but get better sources, 75. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably fair. That's fair. I don't know if I've ever put out any uh, stinkers of papers before. I probably have. My my. Uh, I remember my professor towards the end of my college experience was was not a huge fan of me at some point, and I don't know why. I think it's because I made some joke in class, and he was upset by I it. D- and the thing is, I don't know what you were like in college. I was like, so, I don't know. I, I know what you're like now. Yeah. I, you, just this more arrogant, I guess. Uh, <laughs> My water bottle. This water bottle clanks, so I have to be aware of that. <laughs> it's fine. People under. If you hear a clank, it's a water bottle. It's we gotta I'm stay too- hydrated. Don't shame us. Yeah. <laughs> and you gotta stay hydrated. I right? stay hydrated. Jackson just drinks beer. <laughs> but I did have an art history professor that. So I wrote a paper about Artemisia Gentileschi, and if nobody knows who she is, like she did one of my favorite paintings, which is Judith slaying Holofernes. And it's the best version of it. Do you want to pull it up? Because I've never, never seen this. This is now an art podcast. Actually, there is a great art art podcast called Podvant Guard. It's very good. If you like art, <laughs> listen to it. It's so good. And that's, they did an episode on Artemisia. That's a great title. So funny. I was thinking about like when I submitted them. Um, You'll probably this. recognize this once you see yeah. it. Because your wife is a art person. Art nerd. Oh, yeah. This one's a good one. So this is my favorite <laughs> version because I am this a big fun. fan. I'm a big fan of Caravaggio, right? But oh, here, this one's perfect. So this is the Caravaggio, a man. And this is done by Artemisia Gentileschi, a woman. Which one accurately represents a woman's rage? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's really funny, like, the guy, the, the, the male version, it's like, it's an arm's length of, like, yes. murdering somebody. And, and he's how... like, and his hands aren't, like, realistic to where they would be if he was getting murdered. Here, it's like, they're no, in, they're, they're, they're in like, there. They're, like, holding him they down. They are, like, hands in, in Just deep. to describe the painting, it is, it is a uh, very angry lady cutting the head off a dude. Yeah. So it's pretty dope. Yes. And because there's a whole thing. So I wrote a paper about um, the inherent, not the inherent, like not inherent, but sort of like the, how you can do a feminist reading of that painting compared to all of the versions that are done by men. Yeah. And my professor was like, Artemisia Gentile, she wasn't a feminist. And I'm like, but, but she fought that. the patriarchy. You know what's also interesting <laughs> about those two paintings there is that um, Artemisia is like objectively better. Artemisia. Artemisia. That's okay. Artemisia. 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 Army. Yeah. Is uh, her drawing of like muscle tone and like how an arm moves is like definitely a lot more focused on like the figure drawing. Whereas the other one um, was like, the the arm kind of looked a little weird. It's too soft. Caravaggio you know? is a genius. Yeah. But I've noticed that his men, his paintings of men are better than his paintings of women. And part of the reason is because Artemisia as a woman was like, I'm going to paint women as they are and not as how artists think they are aesthetically. Yeah. And which is good because it's like that lady that she's depicting looks like she has strength and she looks like she's maybe a housewife or maybe she's like a washerwoman. You got to have some guns yeah. when you're doing that all day. It, yeah, you know? it's a cuz Judith I got a Judith and Holofernes is a uh, yeah. biblical story. <laughs> but um your 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 friend <laughs> or your coworker? My, my coworker like works out every day yeah. and it's funny because she looks jacked. Like <laughs> 
<laughs> like she's just sitting around and she has like an actual bicep and I'm just like, what the hell? It's like that's uh just guns for days. Guns for days. That's gonna, where I want to be. Register I want to be able to fucking throw a bear in the woods. Oh, I also knew a, like an actual um, female weightlifter when I was in grad school. Give 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 give. She <laughs> was getting into weightlifting. Yeah. As we were like um, in our second year together in, in this program, and. And yeah, now she's like posts all these videos where she's like doing all these deadlifts and squats at like insane weights. Send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll forward you her handle. <laughs> Please. I yeah, cuz I I I am very much into I it's something I would like to do. I remember one time we were just kind of like uh, I, we were talking and she was like doing all this weightlifting stuff at the time so she was hella jacked. And I was just like Crystal, I'm like highly convinced you could just kick the shit out of me. <laughs> she probably could. She probably could. And she was like, yeah, I probably could. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. <laughs> I do want to turn our attention back to, as Professor B, sometimes I see a lot of bullshit come across my desk, don't I? And today we're going to talk about some of that bullshit. <laughs> so this story, well... There's a story behind this. So earlier this week, my youngest sister, Autumn, who doesn't normally talk to me about stuff about the podcast, Jamie usually does, but Autumn messages me and she's like, hey, my boyfriend went and got me a book at the library and I think that there's a lot of stories in here that you guys may not have covered yet. I don't, some of them don't seem familiar. So she sent me this book, the cover of the book and then like the table of contents and it's called Haunted Maine. I had it up. Hold on a minute. It's Haunted Maine by Charles A. Stansfield Jr. And I'm going through what she sent me, the photos, and I'm like, what the fuck is Massacre Pond? Never heard of it. You know, and it's like we're running the the main horror podcast here. <laughs> Obviously, there's no other ones. So I was like, okay. Huge blind I, spot, right? The other thing is, so I had... I had a plan for this week, but, and I did, I have most of like my sources picked out and stuff, but I'm in the middle of a show. So I was like, I do not have the time to do the notes that I want to do for this topic. So I'm like, fantastic. So I got, I got a, so, uh, a uh, trial of Kindle Unlimited so I could get access to this book because the only other way would, because I went to a couple bookstores, couldn't find it. The only way I could have got it is they have it at the library. I didn't have time to go to the library. <laughs> so I got Kindle Unlimited. So very cool. Um, this kind of reminds me of how I I did the notes um, <laughs> when we first started the show was just like pages of like web pages and like just insane stream of consciousness like notes. A little bit what we're doing today. All right, we're but gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun, and that's what I'm here for. So we had this conversation. So I I didn't know Massa Massacre Pond existed. Mm. One would think that that would stand out like a sore thumb. Hundred percent. We fucked up. We need to shut this podcast down. But I mean, just also like in general, it's literally called, that's the name on the map is Massacre fucking Pond. Why aren't more people talking about Massacre Pond? What happened there? Hey, I'm just going over to Scarborough. We're going to spend a great day on Massacre Pond. What? Excuse me? What if you like what? What if you went down to like somewhere in uh, like uh, where were they? Argentina, I think. You go down to this like remote lake, and it's like, yeah, it's the Jonestown Suicide Lake. (laughs) It's like that would stand out. I have more questions to follow. Yeah, can you explain more about why we're doing this? I don't know if it was Argentina that they were in, but whatever. No, they were in. They were in Africa. Bol- Bolivia? Oh, they're in Africa? I thought they were. Yeah. What do I know? So, today, I'm going to tell you the story of the ghost of Massacre Pond. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the story, I'm, I'm going with the story that was provided by the book because there's an got some things to say but yeah, yeah. so basically we have massacre pond and at the time way back in ye old 1600s <laughs> during the king philip's war there was a lot of tension between the settlers 
and the Native Americans. Uh, Are we surprised? I, I could only imagine why. I, I think this is very surprising to me. I'm... I'm just shocked. No, they got along. I thought that, yeah, from what I learned in school, they had a great time. And on the first Thanksgiving, they just all got together and ate some turkey. They love Thanksgiving. They love it. They love it. (laughs) They love it. I do like the the real meaning behind Thanksgiving was like the... the, Native Americans felt so fucking bad for the settlers. They're like, <laughs> eat something or you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to die. <laughs> and then they live to regret it. So at this time, there's a lot of tension. And the way that the story goes is the this area, which is would be known as Scarborough later down the road, lots of raids and just massacres of the settlers because Mm -hmm. those mean old native americans don't take that out of context that's sarcasm they just couldn't let these innocent people who stole their land just live their lives you know it's it's sad so in 1670 there was one of these aforementioned purgings of the settlers and unfortunately those native americans they messed up they messed with the wrong guy. His name was Richard Stonewall. And his wife... You hate to run into a guy named Stonewall. Stonewall. I know. Like, oh, his, he's going to be stubborn as hell. His wife and infant son were murdered by these Native Americans. So what he did was he joined the army so he could kill as many Natives as he could possibly do. Revenge is an awful reason to go do anything. (laughs) Yeah, it's not good. And the other people in the army were like, this guy is fucking nuts. Like, he uh, had, like, vengeance in his eyes. So much. He had so much vengeance in his eyes that they called him Richard Crazy Eyes Stonewall. That was really his name? Crazy Eyes. They called him Crazy Eyes. They sure did. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) Yep. So he died in October of 1697. And we don't really know how or why he died. But apparently he he was buried near Massacre Pond. Later down the road in 1713, there were 18 men, including a Richard Hunwell. They were murdered by, again, Native Americans because they can't just leave these white men alone. But the legend goes (laughs) that some of the Native Americans that were part of this hunting party never made it home because as they slayed these white men, Richard Crazy Eye Stonewall rose from his grave to take one last act of revenge. Maybe he died from syphilis. (laughs) That's what the crazy eye really was. That was what the crazy eyes were. He was just a syphilic madman. Yep. (laughs) So the story goes that even today, you can see crazy eyes and i did find there's a twitter i don't feel like we ever run into racist ghosts as such (laughs) you're right we don't like which is surprising we watch we watch a lot of unsolved (laughs) and uh ghost files together and like they go to all these like southern mansions and it's quite a relief to never hear like them just Blurt it, blurt one out, you know. So for those of you who do you did you watch any of the old Scooby Doo movies? Oh yeah, we're talking about like the animated ones. Yeah. Yes. Um, did you watch Scooby Doo and the Boo Brothers? I believe I had the one where he inherits a Confederate mansion from his Confederate great uncle. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Go oh, back. Oh Go no. Back. Oh, no. Leave this place. (laughs) You didn't need to convince me. It's like, I was just here to burn this place down to the ground. (laughs) So, I... I like uh, favorite Scooby-Doo movie. Oh. It was The Witch's Ghost, but I recently rewatched it. And boy, oh boy, does it not hold up after you've become a witch. And you're like, wait... 
you can't be Wiccan by blood. I like <laughs> it would be um, literally like she's like I'm I'm like two I'm like one quarter Wiccan on my mother's side, and I'm like that's like me saying like I'm a hundred percent Catholic on both sides of my family. Yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's not something that's a uh, blood identifier thing but i would say then the second would probably be zombie island because it okay, holds I, the fuck up i was literally gonna say zombie island my favorite one it does hold up i also like the one where they interact with like the high school of like creatures <gasps> you remember Scotty that one the ghoul school. yeah that one was oh, a fun one i also really like that one a lot because yeah. <laughs> i i loved i always loved sibella yeah the Sibella's vampire cool. Mm. Fucking cool. And also Tannis, the little mummy girl. I thought the mummy girl was adorable. I like the Frankenstein lady too. I'm so glad that we have great taste in Scooby-Doo. Absolutely. <laughs> so I I started doing some research to see if this could be backed up. Uh-huh. There's not a lot. Yeah, so I not. did see, I saw, because I, sometimes I'll go to Reddit. Because uh-huh. Reddit, I think, has a lot of interesting stuff when it comes to ghost stuff because it's like... Yeah, like people will say their little thing, thing. and then you go mm-hmm. follow up and see, okay, where did this come from? So you know? I, I went there. It was only... So someone was asking on this Reddit thread about main urban legends and someone said, oh, um, the ghost of Masker Pond, and that was it. Mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. find a Twitter called Ghost Maps. It's at ghost underscore maps. And they said, locals have seen ghost people in the woods behind Scarborough Beach in Maine. One ghost, uh, one is the ghost of Richard Crazy Eye Stonewall buried here in 19, uh, 1697. Others are nameless figures thought to be the victims of a 1703 massacre that gave Massacre Pond its name. So... Here's the next thing. I I went and I I was I was digging. I found this blog called The Unwritten Word, who led me to the Scarborough Historical Society. God bless for the person that wrote this blog post. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm gonna tell you some of the history that this is it. Because at first I was like, okay, there are names here. This story has names. It has dates. So it should be fairly truthful. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, at least it gives it like the thing about ghost stories is when they can just they're be like, yeah, up. here's the, they're like, yeah, here's this name. I think of the like I, I akin this to the Saco River curse. Mm-hmm. We yeah. do have some names and some dates, but it's almost like the people that created those ghost stories do that to give it an air of legitimacy or like it's just information. That's that what gets... I was going to say. Like, I, I mean, I probably wasn't going to say it out loud, but like, yeah, um, a Twitter handle saying, oh, yeah, there's a ghost here. It's kind of like, okay, well, anybody could literally write this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read you this little thing. Because one of the other things that I think is super interesting is when these ghost stories appropriate real history. But the real history is just as interesting. I, I kind of like that because it makes a nice episode. <laughs> you ready? So uh, this is from the Scarborough Historical Society. or no, yeah, Nope, this is from scarborough.mainmemory.net, which I think is part of the Historical Society. But uh-huh. so this is from a section on their website called Conflict slash Abandonment slash Resettlement 1675 to 1702, which is the time period we're talking about. And I'm also going to just put out there, they use the word Indian. It's not me. <laughs> the first Indian attack occurred in September 1675 in the upper part. The red man red? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, man, sometimes Disney cartoons did not get it. <laughs> Re song of the song of the South. They threw that into the Disney vault and they'll never let it out. <laughs> it's in a cage. So right first attack occurred in September 1675 in the upper part of Blue Point at the home of Robert Nichols and his wife. The Nichols were murdered and their house burned. The following in the following months, Indians attacked the Aller, uh, Alger's Garrison House in Dunstan and, failing to capture it, burned empty houses and killed both the Alger brothers. Scarborough, a town of three settlements of over 100 houses and 1,000 cattle, was destroyed. Mm. In 
1676, Mog, Heejin, and about 100 followers made an unsuccessful attack at Black Point Garrison. Mog proposed to Jocelyn, who was one of the ta- the heads. Mog, the Lord of Blood? Sorry, that's an Elden Ring joke. I went over my head. That's okay. So Jocelyn is like a <laughs> town representative, for lack of a better word. He proposed to Jocelyn that if the garrison were to surrender, the settlers could leave safely. By the time Jocelyn returned to the garrison, all but his own family had left in boats. Jocelyn surrendered the garrison and was briefly held captive. Most of the inhabitants returned in early 1677. The Black Point garrison, which had not been destroyed, was under the command of Lieutenant Tippin. Wait, how many years was it between like, yeah, it was just a couple years then. It wasn't very long. No, it was not very long. Yeah, they're like, all right, it's fine now. In May, Mog Hegan and his men returned and began an assault on the garrison. Mog was killed and his men withdrew. What did I say the first time? (laughs) Only to return next month to avenge their leader's death. A group of nearly 100 men led by Captain Benjamin Sweat and Lieutenant Richardson were drawn to ambush and a bloody battle ensued in the vicinity of Moore's Brook, about two miles from the garrison. Sweat and Richardson were killed and less than half a dozen men returned to the garrison without injury. There was a peace treaty. Sounds like those two got shot, and then everyone was like, let's get the fuck out of here. (laughs) There was a peace treaty with the Indians the next year, but the settlers were aware that an outbreak of hostilities could occur at any moment. In 1681, the garrison was erected at Black Point and about half a mile north of Great Pond, later known as Massacre Pond, because the neck was too far away to be accessible to the settlers in time of trouble. So basically they moved the garrison to make it easier for people to leave should Mm -hmm. there be another attack. Troubled peace broke into open hostility again in 1690 when the French in eastern Maine joined forces with the Indians and destroyed the settlement of Falmouth. Oh. (laughs) Cool. Yay, the French. (laughs) Anticipating the enemy advance on Scarborough, the settlers (laughs) fled to Portsmouth and beyond the town, and town records were taken to Boston, where they would remain until 1720. It would be 12 years before settlers returned to Scarborough. A lot of people killing each other. Lots of that. And so there, there's some stuff going on also after that in the 1700s where there, there are some people who are trying to get back in 1702. There actually were some people that were trying to resettle, but they were besieged. Yeah, it says following the following August, they were besieged by 500 French and their Indian allies led by Bobasson. <laughs> <laughs> the settlers refused uh, to surrender their garrison. Mama, the- <laughs> I am going to the new world. <laughs> settlers refused to surrender Bobasson. the garrison. Stop. <laughs> the settlers refused to surrender the garrison, so the French tried to undermine it by tunneling underneath from the bank below. Heavy rain caused the soil to give way, and the exposed workers abandoned their effort under fire from the men in the garrison despite continued skirmishes with the indians the second settlement continued to grow tunnel was a shitty idea from the start it really was it's not a good idea so i would like to now like take new england rocky soil i would like to take a pause and we're gonna compare Mm -hmm. compare and contrast (laughs) what we have right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. so in the story of the ghost we have richard crazy eyes stonewall who for all of my research, the only thing that came up when I looked up Richard Crazy Eyes Stonewall was, one, references to Crazy Eyes from Orange is the New Black and ah! the Stonewall Riots. Uh, what were the Stonewall Riots? Sorry. Didn't have a great American history course. You've never heard the saying Stonewall was a riot? The first pride was a riot? Nope. We're going to talk off pod, but for all intents and purposes, like Stonewall was one of the first things that led into people really fighting for LGBTQ plus rights. Gotcha. Okay. See, I was not exposed to any of that. No, you When I was younger. So... You know. Okay, so we're gonna have a history class on. Don't that be later. mad at me because I don't know. Because I'd like to know. I mean, I know you would. Uh, I, well, it's like every when it comes to 
uh, America looking bad or, you know, police looking bad. Um, I feel like most recently that's something we tend to care about. We tend to care a lot more about just the truth because it feels like we're just propagandized a lot when we're in high school and middle school with our American history courses. I mean, look at how the way textbooks are set up. Um, there's like a lot of discussion right now about the Tulsa race riots. Uh, Don't even that, get me fucking started. Because of that one fucking idiot <laughs> in Oklahoma. So everyone's oh, been talking yeah. about it a lot more, but a lot of people have and also we, been bringing up saying, we also talked about the Red, we we talked about about red Summer. And we talked about Red Summer recently. So like there's a lot of these things that if it makes America look bad, just just forget about it. But yeah, if you also, listeners, like are not... Like the Civil not... War, it was all about states' rights, right? <laughs> states' right to what? Um, anyway. Yep. So let's so I could not find any information about Richard Stonewall. And the dates that were given are the 1670s, so that sort of lines up a little bit with what we're seeing in terms of the, the sieges, let's say, on um Scarborough. So we have 1675 is when they pretty much decimated Scarborough. So we could say, okay, let's say that his family died in 1675. Mm -hmm. So in 1677, that's when we have the army with those two guys who died promptly, those lieutenants. Immediately. <laughs> and I did Maybe get, they were shot by their own men. I did get... This This does come directly from the... Um, I got this off the Historical Society website. It's from an article that was in the Maine Genealogist in August uh, 2003. And they go into a much better detail about how this was related to the King Philip's War and sort of the background of some of the men. And I thought it was really cool because they actually did all of the work of finding the names of all of the men that died. Wow. So if you had a family, if you were trying to find information about your family member that died, like as somebody who does family tree stuff, like I was like, thank you for doing the work <laughs> for those poor people. That's fascinating. Because one of the things that you have to keep in mind that I got from this article that I was like, this is a, 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 a pin for me. I'm putting a big old pin in this is the men that died were put into a mass grave at Massacre Pond. Oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? That's rude as hell. Yeah. Well, I guess you can't. Because this is during the time where they're like, they're going back and forth on their big old boats, you know? So it's not like they have family right there. So it's like, oh, we're going to cart a dead body across the sea. No, when you do, when someone dies at sea, they just throw them overboard. Board. Yeah, so but it's, it's not. Like, it, it's not. It is kind of shitty that they just throw them into the pile. Uh, but I, I guess what what else are they going to do? Especially if there's... There, then it seemed like there were... Let me go down. I'm trying to... Yeah, there's there's quite a few of them. So we're, have we been able to like excavate? Oh, this is actually... Bond? So this is what this says. So it says okay. military leaders from Salem, John Kerwin and John Pierce, sent the governor and the council a list of names of the men that were killed and wounded. Salem records state that they received 19 wounded men and that they arrived on July 2nd. On July 4th, Kerwin and Price, I said Pierce, Price, wrote in all likelihood to their commanding officer, Major Den Daniel Dennison, supplying him with a list of men wounded or killed in battle. Only 13 listed are wounded. Among the 23 that are listed as dead, some of these men actually seem to have survived. What? They were Thomas Burnham of Ipswich, Samuel Beale of Marblehead, Peter Pate of Salem, and possibly Thomas Edwards of Marblehead. No easy explanation seems to fit the case of these men. Where it's just sort of like, I don't understand. Why are you saying that I'm dead? I'm not dead. <laughs> I got a theory. Yeah? They ran away. You know what? They That's ran away. Probably true. And then they're like, we can't find them. And they must be dead. Yeah. Probably better to be called dead than to be a deserter, right? Probably. <laughs> the story that we have of Richard Stonewall says, 
his wife and infant son were killed in 1675. Mm-hmm. Or not, not 16, 1670. Yeah. Okay. So we have the the siege in 1675. Historically, we know that that is correct. Yeah. So that is probably when we're saying that this worked. So then we have him dying in... 1697. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit of time. We don't know how, why, any of that. We know that he joined the army. And we also know, so 1677 is when we have this fight with the Native Americans. And then there's like the mass grave at Massacre Pond. Mm-hmm. So there's a good almost 20 years between these two things. Because my thought process would be, I would have assumed that they're saying like he was part of the army and he died at Massacre Pond. That would make more sense logically to me. But there are more skirmishes and things that do happen. But like, as I said, they, most people left by uh so yeah 1690 is when most of them fled so why is he still hanging around in 1697 when there's no settlers here yeah that doesn't make sense to me the other thing is i also can't find any historical documentation for this thing that happened with um the with Richard, what was his name? Stonewall? No, the other one. Richard Hunwell. Oh, yeah. In 1713. Well, we do know between... Stonewall, se- Hunwell? I know. So we do know in 1702 to 1720, we do have people attempting to resettle this area. But as the book state, the book like says it was Richard Hunwell. And I said 18 before. I, it was 19 of his settler companions were killed and that tweet also mentions like oh that's how the massacre pond got its name i think massacre pond probably got its name from all of the other massacre like this area has just been like full of bloodshed because do we have a record of when it was officially massacre mm, pond because it sounds like it's just always been there good question because like this this one did mention it was called great pond later known as massacre pond but it doesn't really tell you when did that start when because i know a lot of like when it comes to some of the lakes and rivers um around the area it's just kind of like what the locals are calling it Mm -hmm. and then we just adopt that have adopted that over time just be like yep that's massacre pond mm-hmm. i would assume that yeah that must have happened i mean history being accurate probably like so this garrison is close to massacre pond yeah yes so yeah it's like on the pond okay well, the then, new one is well then yeah i'd say around that time when it was raided that could have been massacre pond they could have just started calling it that I gotta say, like, uh, so the Historical Society is saying there's a mass grave. I'm surprised there hasn't been, like, an archaeological excavation to look into they that area. They probably have. Well, uh, yeah, but I feel like we'd hear about it as you're, like, digging in, you know? Would we? Would we? But I think, yes. It'd be, like, a, be for science. It'd be for history. For science. Someone, someone call the Maine State Museum. Get this, get this organized. I read through this yesterday, and now my brain is just like... Because <laughs> I'm in class right now, too, and I'm working on the show, so my brain is just like... <laughs> I mean, I'm all the sources will be in the thing if you're interested in more of this research. It's going to be in the show notes. Scroll down to the thing. Scroll down through the show notes. Look at my sources. I think it's a great... I think it's a great little story, but there's just some things that don't add up for me. And it's one of those things where these things get passed down by word of mouth. Yeah. So, you know, it's not surprising. I mean, think about it. Think about all the thing, the misconceptions we have about other 
points in history that are sooner. <laughs> like, for one, um, historical garments. Or, you yeah. know, people thinking that Abraham Lincoln wasn't also a racist. Or Not that about the Stonewall riots. riots. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's so many things that, and people people do just say things. It might be like, yep, this is close enough. I think like I think close enough. Know. 16, 1697, close enough to when everything else is going on. No one's gonna look. No, nobody's gonna get on a podcast and look and look at my dates and see if those are accurate. I legit think we should call up the like. Main State Museum or something and say, hey, does anybody have ever done an archaeological dig here? And then they'll be like, oh, local podcast, homegrown horror, has uncovered something beautiful. I don't know. Not beautiful. Whatever. You know. Beautiful. Famous. We'll be famous. I don't know. Well, Someone will talk about us. <laughs> they will sing the song to our, of our things. Two idiots decided to talk about this. I do love this this little blog that I had mentioned before, the unwritten word. This is one of my favorite things that they say. I suppose 19 people is somewhat more of a massacre, but it being historically accepted that the Native Americans got a raw deal, I'm surprised at how sympathetic the settlers in these accounts seem to be. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I, I agree with that, where it's just uh, sort yeah, of yeah. like, they're like, oh, oh, these, these poor white men. And I'm like, these poor just innocently stealing people's land. Yeah, seriously. Also, I don't think it's too far crazy for them to say massacre over 19 people because it's like, look at the Boston uh, massacre, right? That was like a couple people, <laughs> but they called it a massacre, you know, in the headlines to uh, drum up that support or ruffle some feathers. Yeah, so this one, this one's a little all over the place in terms of like trying to. I th there's there is information, but it's me trying to weave a tapestry, and I guess this does have more historical backing. There is more truth to this ghost story than say the Saco River. Curse. I would say that uh, <laughs> you know it's probably not any crazy eyes out there, but it's many little soldier ghosts out there. I would potentially, yeah, it's very potentially. There's a lot of dead bodies there. I'm sure if ghosts are real then, uh, you know, one of those bodies would have a ghost come out of it. Yep. That's but how also, it works. Fun fact. I'm going to wrap this up with a fun fact. Fun fact. There is a novel <gasps> about Massacre Pond oh. that I'm going to read you the synopsis. <laughs> and if you're interested, <laughs> you can read it. It's by Paul Dorian. And it says, in an on an unseasonably hot... <sighs> Unseasonably, unseasonably hot October morning. Game warden Mike Bowditch is called to the scene of bizarre crime in eastern Maine. The corpses of ten moose have been found senselessly butchered on the estate of Elizabeth Morse, a wealthy animal rights activist who is buying up huge parcels of timberland to create a new national park. What at first seems like mindless slaughter, retribution by locals for the job losses Morse's plan has already causing to the region, become far more sinister when a shocking murder is discovered and Mike's investigation becomes a hunt to find a ruthless killer. In order to solve the controversial case, Bowditch risks losing everything he holds dear, his best friends, his career, as a law his career as a law enforcement officer, and the love of his life. The beauty and magnificence of the Maine woods is the setting for a story of suspense and violence when one powerful woman's missionary zeal comes face to face with ruthless cruelty. And I also don't know if they just like picked up the Massacre Pond name or if it really is supposed to be Massacre Pond. But let me tell you, when I was trying to research this fucking thing, like this kept popping up. <laughs> they got the SEO covered, bro. For real, yeah. Whoever is like doing Paul Dorian's SEO, like apparently you're you're doing it good. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great, sweetie. I love that. And I he mean, is from Maine. Shit. So I don't, yeah, I don't know if like, I haven't read the book. I haven't what, read the what's novel. What's his name? Paul Dorian. Paul, <laughs> come on the pod. <laughs> Paul, uh, sing us your song. Share us your story. 
Tell us more about your Massacre Pond experience. Yeah, because again, I didn't read the novel, so I don't know if it's like... Paul, if you agree to come on to this like show, I will Pond. read this book. I will buy it too. <laughs> not a cheapskate. I'm not going to say, uh, oh, give me the book. So that's the story <laughs> of the ghost of Massacre Pond and a little bit of scattered, sorry, historical background from Massacre Pond. Again, if you're really interested in the the, the sort of history and the, the big old, the players and the people, because normally that's what I put in these sort of episodes, but my brain is scrambled like an egg this week, so this is what you're getting. <laughs> I did I offer. You. I did offer to to get in. I here. know, but also and like then you were like, no, I'll do it. I got I'll this d- backup. Yeah, I wanted to talk about it, and again, like otherwise, it's just going to be me reading directly from the sources some more. But you know, all good. Well, anyway, so you know, I think that's a very interesting in Paul Dorian's book. You know, the sheriff comes across the ten dead mooses. You know, maybe there wasn't actually anything that suspicious. It was just someone who is paying attention in driver school in Maine. And it's time for our next Mainism. Hey, hey, it's a Mainism. Did you know in the book by Paul Doran, there were 10 dead moose? Is it meese? Anyway, how about some moose facts? Moosin? (laughs) Did you know? Even though Maine is known for the moose, Canada, in fact... Has the most number of meese. <laughs> really? Well, yep. actually, that, I, that doesn't surprise me. The, oh, here we go. Pop, this is a good fact. Apparently, the plural of moose is moose. Yeah. It's not meese. Moose. It's moose. Did you know that moose pregnancy periods last 243 days? So How many months is that? Just give me the months. Why are you doing yeah. this? It's like 243 days. Well, 243 no. days as months. Measure that in football fields, please. 7.98 months. Hey, that's a short amount of time for a full moose. It really is. It's shorter than a human pregnancy. Uh, moose are one of the least social animals. Great. This is a shitty facts sheet. Let me look at another fact sheet. Give me like the fucking... um... We're doing so good today. Moose facts and photos. National Geographic kids. Here we go. (laughs) Did you know that the flap of skin under a moose chin is called a bell? Really? Apparently. That makes sense. Kind of, you know, hangs like a bellish kind of of way. Yeah. Yeah. Moose are also called rubber-nosed swamp donkeys. That seems... That, I don't know that about that National Geographic kids. Rude. That's fucking rude. National that's a National Geogra- Geographic kids. Yeah, that's National Geographic kids. A moose can kick in any direction with its front hooves. That's impressive. Moose calves can outrun a human by the time they're five days old. I don't know about that. I could probably push over a moose calf. They're not taking in all the factors of uh, outrun. Of you? Yeah, of me. Me is an ins- as an insane person. <laughs> <laughs> as a madman. Yeah, but what if he's a maniac? <laughs> what if he's a maniac? Did you know that? Okay, 10 incredible moose facts. Moose weigh over a thousand pounds. Makes oh, sense. God. And yeah, so that's why there's a proper way to hit them. Yeah, because they'll fuck up your car. They'll fuck you up. Yeah. You'll end up with a moose head through your head. One of moose predators is the killer whale. What the fuck kind of sentence was that? Wait, what? Say that again? One of moose predators is the killer whale. (laughs) Okay. I think, I think a killer whale is a predator to all of us, isn't it? Yeah. Stupid. What a shitty fact. (laughs) Yachts, the number one, the number one target. Anyway, that's some moose facts. That's your manism. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Ooh, we're yeah. Today, today is a good day. It's we're good. Getting, it's, I mean, we're we're trying having to, fun. Here. We're having fun. We're also trying to get back into a vibe because last there was a special episode last week too. Yeah, and it's been busy. You know, like uh, there's been a lot going on. This with time the show. of this time of year is just summer, man. What is it? What's up? Flat with summer? 
out. It's like, if you want to do anything with me, you have to like, I told Jackson, I'm like, yeah, I'll pencil you in this morning. <laughs> I have to go to Freeport to I bring co- some costumes up to Freeport. Uh, yeah, I'm closing out my second job finally. This yeah, weekend, so get that all squared away. I don't need to follow up with that. Um, it's just too much. Too much. Too much. My new job's busy. Um, Busy, busy. Anyway, get out there. Enjoy the cloudy weather. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) more more rain. If you have stories about Masker Pond and you're like, yo, Brittany, like, no, I've seen crazy eyes. Because people, like, the story is like people have seen, like, glowing red eyes. So Mm. if you've seen some glowing red eyes around Masker Pond in Scarborough, please reach out to us at homegrownhorrorpod at gmail.com or reach out to us on Instagram at homegrownhorrorpod. I have additional questions and I want to know some more. Uh, Have you ever hit a moose? Ooh, yeah. Have you hit a moose and survived? Like, what did you do? Give us like a step-by-step guide and then we'll grade you on it. (laughs) Uh, As always, you can leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, but we are just so happy that you're here and, you know, wading through the remains of my brain with us. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is like Massacre Pond. (laughs) What remains of Brittany. (laughs) Uh, Whatever's left. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this scatterbrained episode, and we will see you again next time. Bye. 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 Wow.